Hey, what's going on? My name's Athena. I'll be your host today. You're here for another episode of Vanished in the Valley. We're going to talk about a few things today. I thought I would uh, explain to everyone where the origin of the term conspiracy theory came from. I'm also going to tell you about a study that came out back in November. And it was like hushed up. It was ridiculed. Just like most of the other studies that have come out against all the propaganda the politicians are trying to push on us regarding the Kabobo 19. We also have some updates and uh, try to get to a missing person. And then we'll get to my knife pick of the week, which is actually a knife sharpener. But yeah, whatever. So I'm going to get started today by reading you an excerpt of a speech from John F. Kennedy given on April 27th, 1961, to the American Newspaper Publishers Association. Today, no war has been declared, and however how fierce the struggle may be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. Our way of life is under attack. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger, and yet... No war has been declared. No borders have been crossed by marching troops. No missiles have been fired. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our security. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that danger has never been more clear and its presence has never been more imminent. John F. Kennedy would then be assassinated a year and a half after this speech. And the reason why I'm even telling you this thing, talking about JFK, is because the whole term conspiracy theory was a term made popular by the CIA to stop critical thinkers from asking questions about his assassination. In a memo called Countering Criticism of the Warren Report, the CIA set out to make the term conspiracy theorist a weapon to be used against anyone who questioned the government's secret activities and programs. And it seems like now is just this speech of his, the whole Warren report and the CIA, all of this stuff seems to really be important right now at this time in America. The Warren report was established by President Lyndon B. Johnson on November 29th of 1963, and it was to investigate the assassination of John F. Kennedy that had taken place November 22nd, 1963. The U.S. Congress passed Senate Joint Resolution 137 authorizing the Presidential Appointed Commission to report on the assassination of John F. Kennedy, mandating the attendance and testimony of witnesses and the production of evidence. Its 888-page final report was presented to President Johnson September 24, 1964. It was made public three days later. It concluded that President Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald, that Oswald acted entirely alone, and that Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby Stein, acted alone when he killed Oswald two days later. Now, from the beginning... Everyone kind of thought the Warren Commission was a bunch of bullshit. And that's kind of what led the CIA to decide to weaponize the term conspiracy theory. 
four of the seven commissioners harshly criticized the report issued in their name, widely seen as quite ridiculous in the absence of any sensible official account of the assassination. Numerous explanatory theories inevitably sprang up. So, in response to the mounting criticism, in 1967, the CIA sent out an internal dispatch to all field offices, and it's called Document 1035-960, concerning criticism of the Warren Report. And there was a Freedom of Information request in 1976 done by the New York Times. And the dispatch is the first written record we have of the combination of Popper's quote-unquote conspiracy theory of society with Hofstadter's quote-unquote paranoid-style militant. It defined the modern concept of conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theories have frequently thrown suspicion on our organization. For example, by falsely alleging that Lee Harvey Oswald worked for us. The aim of this dispatch is to provide material countering and discrediting the claims of conspiracy theorists. So it can kind of be considered as the origin of the weaponized term conspiracy theory, like I just said. It recommends a set of techniques to be used to discredit all critics of the Warren Commission report. Once you're familiar with them, it's obvious that these strategies are commonly used today. Some of them are deny any new evidence offered and cite only official reports stating no new evidence has emerged. Dismiss contradictory eyewitness statements and focus upon existing primary official evidence such as ballistics, autopsy, and photographic evidence. Do not initiate any discussion of the evidence and suggest large-scale conspiracies are impossible to cover up in an open and free democracy. Accuse the conspiracy theorists of having an intellectual superiority complex. Suggest that theorists refuse to acknowledge their own errors. The CIA advocated using mainstream media feature articles to discredit people labeled conspiracy theorists. So, while the use of these methods has been refined over the years, the essential process of labeling someone a conspiracy theorist while studiously avoiding any discussion of the evidence they highlight is extremely common in mainstream media today. We only need to look at the reports about academics who question the government's narrative about the Kobobo-19 to see the techniques in operation. I mean, they've had, like, the state police in Florida raid a woman's house that refused to fucking toe the line. Doctors are being banned from talking on YouTube about it. Comedians are being censored on Facebook. And I got banned from Instagram for posting fucking studies about the Kabobo. So it's like a concerted effort by the media, by the government, by the fucking tech giants to silence anybody that goes against their narrative. And it's old school techniques. They're just literally reusing the same shit they did to discredit people that question JFK assassination. So it seems like people have been directed by the mainstream media to abandon all critical thinking. They just need their government-approved fact-checkers in order to be told the truth. Providing the public believes the people labeled conspiracy theorists are all crazy, ill-informed, or agents for a foreign power. The mainstream media, politicians, and all other commentators can undermine any and all evidence they present. And it literally happens all the time. It's just so ridiculous. You just... The media, like I've said a billion times, seems to just focus on either like one example of someone acting batshit crazy 
or the most fringe of an idea, like how they all pounced on the QAnon people. And from the beginning, I fucking said, they're going to start with QAnon and they're going to start going after other people. And they are. Like the latest one I've noticed is, I talked about him before, I think I called him the ginger dude. His name is actually J.P. Sears. He's fucking hilarious. He's intelligent. And he sees through the bullshit. And he calls it as it is. And he's been talking about the science of the Kabobo. And now Facebook is threatening to deplatform him like they have so many other people. It's fucking mind-numbing. But it's not going to get me to shut up about it. And right now, I'm going to tell you about... A study that was done at John Hopkins by Dr. Genevieve Briand. She's the assistant program director of the Applied Economics Master's Degree Program at that university. Her analysis made the astonishing conclusion that, quote-unquote, in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on the deaths in the United States. So you might be saying, well, I don't understand how that's possible. Every single day they're talking about thousands of people dying from it. And so far, hundreds of thousands of Americans have died from this feared, horrible disease. How can that be true? Well, let me tell you. It, to me and a lot of other people, it seems like epidemiological models are predicated on assumptions and that statistical data can be manipulated to conform to a variety of desired outcomes. And it seems like Dr. Brand found how this stuff was being manipulated. And she actually like broke it down. She set up graphs and just laid it out black and white basically. And the fucking hospital John Hopkins University, all of that, they removed the study. And the reason why they decided to take it down is because they said that the study was being used to support false and dangerous inaccuracies about the impact of this pandemic, which is a bunch of bullshit because, I mean, she literally lays it out in black and white for you. So let me kind of explain what she said that got everybody so fucking butthurt. She says the reason we have a higher number of reported COVID-19 deaths among older individuals than younger individuals is simply because every day in the United States, older individuals die in higher numbers than younger individuals. Okay, well, that's kind of like seems like common sense, right? She subsequently determined that the range of deaths among the older population was actually within the range of past years. So, if COVID-19 has actually no statistically meaningful impact on the U.S. mortality rates, why are the mainstream media reporting bordering on hysterical? So, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into this bullshit, okay? Dr. Brian notes, this is, it's a premise of disease progression that we will experience an increase in the total number of deaths by all causes, primarily due to heart disease, respiratory illness, influenza, and pneumonia. And as Dr. Brienne notes, this is true every single year. Every year in the U.S., when we observe the seasonal ups and downs, we have an increase of deaths due to all causes. But check this out, guys. Her analysis led to yet another revelation when she examined the 2020 data during the same period because the COVID-19-related deaths exceeded deaths from heart disease. And this was peculiar because heart disease is generally the leading cause of death. And that's for men and women, all different races. So what she discovered was when she compared the frequency of deaths 
her cause during this period, she learned that opposed to the predicted increase across all causes, there was statistically a significant decrease in deaths attributed to heart disease. So the most revealing finding is that this trend is completely contrary to the pattern observed in all previous years, you guys. And the most suspicious, the total decrease in deaths by other causes is almost exactly equal to the increase in deaths caused by COVID-19. Now, hella months ago when this stupid ass pandemic first kind of started happening, I told you about my aunt that had been suffering from cancer for a couple of years and she ended up losing her battle to cancer. But, hella surprisingly, they actually labeled her death as a COVID death. And after that happened, they made my family, well, I guess my extended family, they made them all go into quarantine. We couldn't have a funeral for her and she got labeled a COVID death and they got paid. So. I think everyone should be generally skeptical when we see an overwhelming consensus among scientists, be it in the politically jaded world of climate change or COVID-19. The unavoidable conclusion is the statistics are fundamentally misleading and for what appears to be political reasons. Deaths from other diseases are being categorized as COVID-19 deaths. I've been literally saying this since the start. But now we have a doctor and a researcher backing this all up with scientific data. And the fucking study gets removed. So all of this makes the comments by top pathologist Dr. Roger Hodkinson even more profound. As he said, the COVID crisis is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. It's politics playing with medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. So... They've just done it by getting the media to do it, to pull out the CIA tricks of calling us conspiracy theorists, trying to make us look crazy because people like me have sat down and thought about it and seen through the bullshit and called it out for what it is. It's bullshit. It's not a fucking conspiracy. It's not us just, you know, trying to be patriots that are actually just whining children. No, it's trying to get you guys to see the politicians and the governments are literally pulling the biggest hoax of the United States history. So, and now we're on this so-called second wave and the media is back to its hysteria and politicians, Dr. Mike Eden, the former chief scientific officer and VP in allergy and respiratory research head with Pfizer Global argues that false positive results from the inherently unreliable COVID tests are being used to manufacture a second wave based on new cases. And these fucking, these PCR tests, I used to use them back in the day in veterinary medicine. We would take blood or whatever from an animal, put it on these little tests, and if we got a positive, and never, it never do we say, oh yeah, this animal has parvo, this animal has FIP. What we would do then is send the blood to a laboratory to either back up those results or we would get a negative. It was never the end. It never 100% meant this animal has this disease. But apparently, all of these doctors and scientists that are going with these tests have completely forgotten that. So now we're in lockdown in California again. Fucking dictator Newsom is back to destroying small businesses. 
as he gallivants around fucking running up bar bills and dining the California Medical Association motherfuckers. But just check this out. The CDC's new best estimate implies a COVID-19 infection fatality rate below 0.3%. And that should lead us to believe that the vast majority of us are far more likely to die in a car accident, getting fucking struck by lightning, maybe even the flu. But apparently the flu has disappeared this year. COVID's fucking cured heart disease, pneumonia, and the flu. So it's kind of a miracle disease. So I don't know, guys. I just, every single week I'm sitting here saying, hey, you guys, wake the fuck up. Look what's going on. Don't listen to these assholes. Stop shutting down your businesses. But I don't know. Some people are doing it. I saw this guy today. He runs a gym that's supposed to be shut down, and he's refused to shut it down. He's not forcing his people that come in to wear masks. He says he's got over a million dollars in fines. They've all been arrested, so now they have criminal records. It's like, what the actual fuck is going on? And my offer stands. Any Bay Area business or any business in Sacktown that wants to defy these stupid-ass lockdown measures, hit me up, and I will come through with some people, and we will spend money there, and I will give you some free advertising because it's a bunch of bullshit. We all need to stick together. And if somebody's going to be brave enough to put themselves out there, I'll be right back. I'll be behind you. I'll fucking back you up in a second. So that's, yeah, that's that on the COVID bullshit, guys. I don't know how many times I got to say it's a hoax and stop fucking listening to this bullshit. Masks don't do anything. Uh, Does anybody remember the Ebola outbreak a few years ago and motherfuckers are walking around in moon suits to try to not get the virus? And still, even some doctors were infected. That's like the literal only way to try to protect yourself from a virus is those moon suits. Not these nasty ass old t-shirts or these fucking masks that people have touched 50 times a day. No, that shit's not going to protect you from a virus. So open your eyes and wake the fuck up, please. So I was just telling you about those PCR tests. Let me give you a little background on them. Carrie Mullis was a Nobel Prize winning inventor of the polymerase chain reaction test, PCR test. He said the tests are meant to magnify material, not test for anything. He says Dr. Fauci is a complete fraud and administrative type with the agenda who doesn't mind smugly lying to the camera. And just, I don't know if you guys knew this, I didn't even know this until today. Carrie died just before event 201 last year weeks before the first registered case of COVID-19. Because, (laughs) I mean, isn't that just like fucking perfect? The guy that knows most about these tests just fucking dies. And nobody seems to be like talking about these tests are such bullshit. And that's what they're using to say this deadly second wave is happening. All these fucking people are dying. The PCR tests. Well, there you have it. The fucking inventor of these tests said... They were never meant to diagnose disease. They're there to detect material. So while we're on the subject of this fucking COVID hoax, let's talk about Dictator Newsom. So apparently several of his companies in which uh, they're all in California received a total of $3 million in taxpayer funded COVID-19 relief money. And this is like being reported all over. This isn't some quote unquote conspiracy theory. This is like an actual thing. One of the companies, Plump Jack Group, got $350,000 worth of paycheck protection program loans. 
And uh, just so you know, Plum Jack businesses, which includes bars, restaurants, and wineries, got almost eight times that amount, or nearly $3 million. So Newsom put his ownership interest in Plump Jack Group into a blind trust in 2018, meaning technically he wouldn't have any knowledge or role in the business decisions made by the company while he's in office. How fucking convenient for Newsom. So the reports aren't alleging that Newsom had any role in the business securing the funding, but the, the media that did the investigation into this According to Plumpa Jack Management Group website, Newsom's sister, Hillary Newsom, is listed as the company's president and partner. So, while all of these other small businesses crumble and shut their doors so they can't feed their fucking families, they're losing their houses, Newsom and his family, they're all good. They've had millions of dollars in taxpayer-funded loans. Why am I not surprised? One of the other companies, Villa and Cena Partners Limited Partnership, is also tied to the Plump Jack Winery in Napa Valley. And that's where San Francisco-based billionaire Gordon Getty is an investor. So I said this a few episodes ago, the fucking Gettys, the Browns, the Pelosi's, they're all intertwined by marriage, politics, business deals, and like they've been doing for fucking decades, they're taking taxpayer funds and using it to basically prop up their own businesses. And the taxpayers, Californians, we've just been allowing this. Now, I don't know if that's just because people didn't know about it or they just don't give a fuck or what, but it's not going to stop. They're going to continue to use our taxpayer funds as their personal fucking coffers until somebody stops it. So I don't know if you guys know, there is a petition online to recall Gavin Newsom. Go check it out. I mean, if they get enough signatures, maybe something can actually be done about this fucking degenerate. I swear to God, if I have to look at his stupid fucking slick back hair one more time, I might vomit. It really bugs the shit out of me. Like literally on my first date with my boyfriend, I think I went on like a 15 minute tirade about how much I hate his hair. He's just a slimy motherfucker, and if you have, like, any sense about people, you can just look at him and tell that he's a shady fuck. I mean, politician's a perfect job for this motherfucker. He double talks like a lawyer and just acts like a psychopath, doesn't care who he has to trample or fuck to get where he wants to be. And unfortunately, like, politics and shit like that attracts people like Newsom. And I don't know, I don't know what the answer is to change that, but that's what we've got. But let's get away from the hoax, let's get away from slicked back dictator dumb shit, and let's get to some missing people. Because that's actually really important, and I actually just discovered this case today, and it's about a missing Missouri woman, and she actually has been missing for seven months. She went missing on Mother's Day, just like another one of our cases, uh, Suzanne Morphew, who is still missing, but this woman is from Missouri and this is her story. So I, apparently her name is Echo Lloyd and she's 47 years old. She was first discovered missing on Mother's Day when her daughter Kelsey went to her home in Edwards to deliver Mother's Day card and a bouquet of flowers. Lloyd's car was not in the driveway that day and she didn't answer the door. So her daughter left a note asking for her to call her. And the mom never did. 
So apparently Lloyd's cell phone started going straight to voicemail the next morning. So her daughter went back to the mom's house and ended up breaking through a window to get in after calling for her mom outside. And, you know, she got no response. So she's like, fuck this, I'm going in. So once she got inside, she says there's signs that something was not right. Lloyd's purse, her wallet with her ID, that was all in the bedroom. But her phone, keys, and her pistol were gone. It didn't look like it had been broken into. There was no broken glass, no ransacked closets. But my mom had specific ways she likes to do things. And that's a quote from her daughter, Kelsey. She went on to say, things just looked out of place. There was moldy food lying out in the kitchen. So apparently after Lloyd's family reported her missing, the Benton County Sheriff's Office opened an investigation, but they aren't giving out any details or specifics on the case. Smith told CNN her family suspects foul play. That's the daughter. Because she doesn't believe Lloyd would simply voluntarily be out of contact with her family. Smith also says that her mother, if her mother knew the police were looking for her, she would surely be in touch. She goes on to say, my mom is a follow the rules kind of gal. She's never been in trouble for anything. If she knew the cops were looking for her, she would be here. So the family has been trying to get donations raised. And right now they're up to $7,000 reward for information that leads to Lloyd. So if anybody has any information, contact Missouri State Highway Patrol's Missing Persons Clearinghouse at area code 573-526-6178 or the Benton County Sheriff's Office at 660-438-6135 or you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. You can go to the parlor account, just go under Vanished in the Valley. You can go to this uh, new, probably temporary Instagram account. It's Vanished in the Valley Athena. And there's a Facebook account, but I don't really fuck around with it, so I don't know. Um, we do have a knife pick of the week this week, but actually it's not even a knife. It's a knife sharpener. And let me tell you, okay, this thing is tiny. It's smaller than a deck of cards. It's made by WorkSharp, and... You can fit it in your purse. You can fit it in your pocket. I actually carry around with me all the time because I fucking cannot stand dull knives. They're just a pain in the ass. It's a little bit more dangerous if they're dull. You're more likely to cut yourself. There's a couple of sides where you can sharpen it. And it was like $3, you guys. You can't fucking go wrong. I've had this thing for like three months now and it has not failed me. So go check out Work Sharp. <laughs> they have a, a nice little sharpener to carry around with you. And... I don't know, I do kind of get weird looks when I whip out the knife sharpener and be like, hey, let me fucking fix your shitty steak knives or whatever. But fuck it, just uh, do what you got to do. I carry it around just because I like pocket knives. I have stuff I have to open all the time. And if my shit's dull, I just, I can't stand it. It feels gross and it gives me goosebumps. So go check it out. And also, I haven't talked about uh, that knife company for a hot minute, National Concealed Carry Association.com. If you guys are looking for Christmas presents, you guys do check it out. Their prices are super cheap and I wouldn't be raving about it. I wouldn't be fucking telling you guys about it if I didn't think they were great. Like I said, they have great brands and great prices. I mostly stick to like their knife section, but they have all kinds of stuff. Go check it out. I have a link up in a couple places. Um, DM me if you want me to just send you the link, but you can get a discount through my little Vanished in the Valley deal with them. So let me know. 
I am going to have a bonus episode this week because we have a new producer. And actually, this person actually gave me a great idea. I'm not going to fuck around Patreon anymore because they take a big chunk out of the money. I actually just opened up Cash App. So it's super easy. It took like three seconds to get the app. And I have all the information on the Instagram if you want to go check it out, if you want to hook me up. The Cash App is under Vanished Athena. So uh, just check this out. She contacts me. She's like, you need to get an easier way for people to hook you up with money if they like what you're doing. And I'm like, okay, so what do you suggest? And she's actually the one that suggested the Cash App. And I set it up. I put my information up. And literally 10 seconds later, this girl was hooking me up. So yeah, check back Thursday because Karen Kay is the producer of our bonus episode that I just put up for everybody. It's kind of how I do it. If I get anybody uh, giving us, a, I guess, a donation or whatever you want to call it, um, I do a bonus episode for everybody. And I'm deleting the Patreon account because fuck them. It's a pain in the ass anyway. And I just, I don't know, if somebody wants to hook us up, that's awesome. And you know I appreciate it. Like I keep saying, if there's any small businesses in Sacramento or the Bay Area, get a hold of me and we will come through you and patronize you as well as give you guys some free advertising because we all kind of need to help each other out at this point in this fucked up situation going on here. Before I run away, I do have to thank our downloaders like I do all the time. It looks like Kamas is in number one. Modesto. What's up, Modesto? Where you guys been? You guys are back in the number two spot. We've got Portland, Oregon. We got Washington and Detroit. That's a new one. Haven't seen you guys before. What's up over there, Detroit? Thank you for tuning in. So that's about it. Come back Thursday. We got a special little bonus episode that I'm not even going to tell you guys what it's about. You'll just have to come back Thursday. So as always, be aware. Don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.